Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Fan Podcast Season 1 Recap. Today we're going through Episode 8, Trace Decay, talking about what we still like and what we're not into anymore. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So here's something that's not that interesting. Uh, people might know I, I'm an English teacher, right? And I'm teaching a new school with a new textbook. And, and one of the units is all about Trump Loy. So now I know all about Trump Loy and how to say it correctly. I never knew how to say it. I didn't really understand what it was. But now I know. Trump Loy. Trump Loy? You know how to say that? Is, is that yeah, the, yeah, the way you're saying it is the way it should be? You say it uh, like Loy, but with a hint of an E at the end. Like Trump Loy. Yeah. I don't believe you. I believe you 0%. <laughs> and, and what it is. It's when, and you maybe, you kind of see this kind of shit at, like, Disneyland, when instead of having a real door on the building, or real ornate decorations, you paint doors and windows and uh, shutters in a really ornate way to make them look real. So it's like, oh, my house isn't actually fancy, but I painted it to appear fancy. So what you're saying is that Disneyland is full of things that Bernard Lowe could just never see. He'd just be walking through, he's like, this is a field. Just an open field full of nothing. Yeah, basically. But it's an Italian thing. I Looking at that word, I thought it was French. Apparently it's Italian. It gave a French vibe. I give that to you. It had a real French vibe to it. James didn't watch the season two trailer. So we're not. I haven't ta- watched it. So we're not going to talk in into it about it in depth. I I might do another YouTube video where I, where I say the things I was going to say here, but I can't because I do not want to ruin things for James. Which, by the way, I have not watched it. I haven't watched the latest Avengers trailer. I'm not. I'm not a spoilers guy. All right. Right. I I want to actively ruin things for myself, uh, but also. When I, watching the trailer was a very interesting experience. There's a bunch of stuff in there that is very spoilerly for the second season. So I very much understand why you wouldn't want to watch it. Uh, I, I especially after watching the first season while being on Reddit the entire time and kind of understanding most of the stuff that was about to happen. Right, and there were times because y- you watched the next episode preview. And then you'd be like, James, did you watch it? And I'd be like, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, because the theory that you just made about next episode is wrong because you haven't seen the preview. <laughs> Very wrong. You, If you had waited a minute, you'd have been like, aw, dang. So Trace Decay is a pretty good episode. I gotta say, I mean, after episode seven, which is like insane, I think episode eight is a lot of like house cleaning and putting shit back together. Yeah, it's putting everything in order so that episodes 9 and episode 10 can make sense. This is the episode, Trace Decay, that Thandie Newton was nominated for, for uh, the Golden Globes, for, for all the the, epi- the, what, the awards, you know? And it apparently looks like they could only nominate one actor slash actress per episode because Anthony Hopkins got the last episode that we did. Uh, episode seven and Dolores uh you know Evan Rachel Wood was nominated for the uh the finale and Bernard Lowe was nominated for episode nine so before we go I wanted to just like uh, ask you do you think Anthony Hopkins uh got kind of screwed over 
by not getting the 10th episode nominated for himself. Because at the end of this, all four of them lost. But Anthony Hopkins got episode 7, which wasn't even the episode where he was in the vineyard. Wasn't And it wasn't the last episode where he had long, extensive monologues. After hearing like that this is the Thandy episode and that the other episodes were those people, do you think that's a little weird? Yeah, that is suspicious. It's almost like they knew that they had him up for episode 7, or if they had him up for episode 10, he might have to win, but they didn't want to give it to him because he's too establishment or something. It's all political. Right, and then this is all ba- like all kind of toppled onto, we don't know if Anthony Hopkins is coming back. We don't know if he was a robot or a person. We were on the robot thing. We I think we were on the robot thing for both him and Charlotte Hale last season, at least a little bit. Uh, and on those two, you I think you're still on Charlotte Hale robot. Anthony Hopkins, we don't think so anymore. Yeah, well, Anthony Hopkins is like robot god. He he is, but he isn't. You know, he's 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 like a normal person who who transformed into a robot and now oh. he's inside the machine. Oh, do you think he gave himself robot parts over time to stay alive? That'd be interesting. Yeah, but I mean, he he wasted that opportunity. He could have put his brain into like Hector and then been really cool and sexy, but instead he put it into an old man. Well, you know, at least the person that he put his brain into was awesome at doing monologues. So episode 8 opens up basically right after episode 7. Bernard was apparently, though not in control of his body, totally conscious during everything that happened at the end of the last episode. And, you know, he's pretty upset that he had to beat his lover to death. So Bernard comes to his god and says, why god, why? Also, is this the first time that this has happened? Also, why... Am I feeling this way? And Ford reacts in a way that a god would react to his peon saying, like, look at what we've done here, Bernard. Your intense emotional state is just a great example of how the human race is lesser than robots at this point. Comma, didn't I do a good job? Pat me on the back. Yeah, and they they have... a basically a debate over whether or not hosts are people and Ford's like oh it doesn't make a difference because hosts and humans are both equally weak and tiny and stuck in their tiny little loops and below me so what's the difference right which I don't think is what Arnold was trying to say right it kind of feels like Ford took what Arnold was was the point that he was making and then extrapolated it out over 30 years into his megalomania and turned it into something completely different. Arnold kind of found that the robots were nicer, better versions of humans, and he was like, well, I mean, I guess this one is is for the best. And then uh, Ford was like, yeah, 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 but also the more important part is that we made them and that we're great. The other thing that's going on down in the the labs is that you know charlotte realizes that her big plan to oust ford has gone out the window so she can't fire bernard anymore because now teresa's been totally thrown under the bus and shown to be a traitor so she goes to lee sizemore which is great because it's great that he gets more screen time so yeah thrown under the bus 
uh, any other metaphor you'd like to use. Uh, although, if you would like to be specific, you could just say smashed against a rock because that's how. Right, she- and, and her reputation gets smashed against a rock too. By Ford live while he smiles at Charlotte Ford and and is like, so I guess this means that I'm right and that everyone else is wrong. Cool, sick. <laughs> so Lee and her go down and they see Peter Abernathy and they decide to make him an integral part of their break data out of the park plan. So Lee and Charlotte Hale together once more this might be a pair of people that we we get to see more often because lee is sort of the only one on the staff who is sort of malleable now ashley stubbs is still on the all robots should die thing and when we see peter come up i think we all are kind of reminded of episode one where the actor who played peter abernathy just murdered it and was so so good across from Anthony Hopkins basically saying that he was going to he was going to kill everybody but also here i picked up on the second time they just put all of the knowledge in the park all of the stuff that was in the the axe cutter guy who 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 quote fell unquote on the rocks just like Teresa did but uh james they basically made peter abernathy the giver you know for people who don't know what The yeah. Giver is. <laughs> For people who don't know what The Giver is, uh, The Giver is a book that I read in sixth grade about a society that doesn't know anything, that was kind of sheltered completely, except for there's one old dude in the village who remembers everything, and it's his job to remember everything. So that's what Peter is now. And I hope, because we know he's coming back for season two, that his part is kind of expanded, and that he has a more integral role to play in the revolution to come. I so, so, so hope that they just keep all of the knowledge in his head. They just saw a guy who was a really great actor and was like, we gave him nothing and he owned it. Let's give him everything and see how it goes. So, in the past, William Dolores are still heading for the picture that she painted. And they come across some confederados and they're all dead and one of them's like, you better watch out, because Logan's going to kill your ass. Right, which is, like, a really weird thing. I didn't like. I don't like that robots are, like, warning them of non-robots. They're like, no, 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 another human's coming. You should be afraid. Like, shut up, get out of my way. Uh, they get to Escalante, and Dolores starts having her acid flashbacks. The host's dancing, and the staff setting them up and then everything going horribly wrong and someone shooting everyone. Yeah, it looks like a uh, an old play test just to see if the robots can do something. Uh, I think we mentioned last time we watched this episode, just as an offhanded remark, someone says as they're going through this dance scene, hey Maeve, you're doing a great job. Just to let us know that Maeve was there 30 years ago too, just as a normal baby robot. And then... Dolores sees the girl, Lawrence's daughter, who is kind of like the maze expert in the flashback. She hears the church bell, she hears explosions, and then she gets shot back to reality. And she asks a lot of poignant questions, as one of which was like, where are we and when are we? She has no idea what timeline she's in when she comes back, and she's very confused. 
Yeah, she's having an existential crisis. William's not having fun anymore. He's like, can we go back to Sweetwater and bang again? This is kind of upsetting for me. Which, by the way, a day after he killed, he like, Mercy killed a robot when Dolores wasn't even there, if you recall. Uh, or at least, or that might be coming up. I'm not sure which one that was. But in this moment, as uh, Dolores is realizing that she is not in control of her own destiny as she warps back into real time, I was reminded, because I just got cable this week, James, and it mm. is it is life-altering. I'm reminded on my first night of cable on Tuesday, I watched the live version of Jesus Christ Superstar. I think it was on uh, NBC or ABC. Did you see that that was oh, yeah. happening? How was it? It was so good. It was so it was it was so good. But I was just reminded in that moment as I was watching it that they portray Judas in a very specific way in Jesus Christ Superstar. They portray him where he he turns on Jesus but then realizes he was an instrument of God to kill Jesus and uh, will re- be forever remembered as a traitor. And then his last song is is kind of him asking God, why did you make me an instrument of murder? Why did you make me kill Jesus? Why did you make me a murderer to begin with? Why was I chosen to do this? And it was a, it was a mortal being coming against the struggle of coming to terms with living outside of their control. And it was just very interesting in that moment. Like Dolores is feeling a lot like Judas right there, but Dolores might become both Judas and Jesus within one storyline eventually. Yeah. Well, Ryan, you are a writer. That is a loose term, but sure. (laughs) I imagine if you met one of your characters and they were like, Hey God, why did you make me suffer and and go through strife in my life? And you said, as a reply, you were like, well, I thought it would be more interesting to an outside observer if you were suffering in your life. They probably wouldn't take that well. Yeah, I think they'd be like, oh, cool. The moment I can, I can stab you, you're getting s- super stabbed. <laughs> so they head back to Sweetwater, but bump, bump, they get caught by Logan. I like Logan in this scene because he's got like a shit-eating grin on his face. Oh, he looks like he's about to win, and he has no idea... What's what is about to happen to him over the over the next two episodes? Oh my God! There's so many juicy Logan things in the trailer. I can't talk about. <laughs> so in the future, future William, the Man in Black, and Teddy are still on their Wyatt bounty quest. They come across Angela, who is the host that William met all that long time ago when he first got to the park, and she knows. She doesn't recognize him, but she does recognize Teddy. The man in black, I think, says something to the effect of, oh, they must have reprogrammed you. Uh, And if you recall back this and when we were watching episode eight the first time, everyone was pretty sure the man in black was equaling William, but they had not uh, they hadn't told us for sure yet. And this was one of those last pieces of evidence where you're like, "Okay, well. It's the same girl that he saw when he came in and and he refused to have sex with in the dressing room uh, because he was still getting married and still felt feelings about that. And now this is completely different and he recognizes her. So he has to be the man in black. But we weren't 100% sure yet. Uh, And now we are. 
So they get attacked by some of Wyatt's goons who are dressed in a creepy way. And Teddy is now also having flashbacks about Escalante. And the Man in Black gets knocked out. By Teddy, right? He, he pistol yeah. whips him. So they must be pretty far from Sweetwater if you can get <laughs> traumatic head injury and knocked out. Specifically from Teddy, whose like, only job it is is to die. So oh, Teddy then, now then, is turning... Teddy dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Teddy turns on the Man in Black and tries to get information about Dolores, which, I mean, the Man in Black doesn't have because that was all a lie. We kind of get the Man in Black's tragic backstory that, you know, his wife killed herself because she found out that he's a monster and he basically gave up on the real world and was like, yeah, eh, Westworld's more important to me. It's more real. And so he kept coming back to the park, and apparently the first time he really felt good, uh, really felt like he made a connection with the hosts, was when he killed an innocent Maeve and her daughter when Maeve was in her other loop. Completely starting a flashback sequence in Maeve's mind that will probably, eventually, drive her insane. Yeah, and it may bring her to kill the man in black in the end. Possibly. Oh, for sure. Also, so he says uh, his his wife uh, took too many pills, I think, and like drowned in the bathtub. This is also this is the wife that uh, that William is going back to after he leaves uh, the the first season. And then he also said his daughter won't talk to him. I believe is that correct? Yeah. So his so life is is falling around around. Yeah. Yeah. And. And it, I, I think I have the question I, I want to really answer here, which is like, was it Westworld that that ruined his life, or was it him that ruined his life and used Westworld as an instrument to do so? Right. I wonder. Basically, Logan drove him crazy, and <laughs> he went from being normal to being an evil bastard. Because you have to assume that in season two, Logan is not going to take lightly what happened to him. If you recall, he was sent on a horse naked into the desert, uh, tied up. So, uh, Logan is definitely going to uh, want revenge in the second season. And on top of that, I think it's going to be mixed in with the Delos, uh, you know, IP trying to figure out what these robots will actually be able to do for their value in the future. I think it will all be tied into the same storyline that we know who wins. The man in black wins because he's the only one there. We didn't see Logan grown up in season one, did we? No, and I would like to, though. We, we, You and I discussed actors we'd like to play old Logan, but I forget what we decided on. Probably like Burt Reynolds. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I think the the question there is, do we think Logan is alive... 30 years later and I, I i i can't i can't see a way that he is yeah he probably you know had a heart attack in the middle of a coke orgy at some point i can he probably didn't live that long i call he gets shot but we'll see how it goes so it turns out angela is crazy and she's trying to get teddy to kill the man in black and teddy's like i, I I'm, I'm i'm a host I, I can't just kill people even if i want to you should know how this works yeah, Angela was just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know how far along on the spectrum of being insane you were yet. I guess we know now. She stabs the man in black pretty brutally. I guess they're real far from Sweetwater. And uh, then 
more Wyatt dudes show up and, you know, it's looking pretty bad for them. Yeah, it's Teddy who doesn't even like the man in black anymore. Plus a man in black who just got totes stabbed versus Angela and the gang. Who will win? We shall see. In the Maeve storyline, a lot of shit goes down in this episode. This is a pretty another pretty cool Maeve episode. Like you said, this is the one... This is the one, right? She's nominated for? Correct, yeah. And when you said at the beginning it's kind of a house-cleaning episode, what we really mean it's, is the house-cleaning episode for Maeve. She has right. to get from one place to another for episode 9. She has to kind of be ready to step into herself and be ready to confront her reality. So she got a lot of airtime this episode just kind of getting herself ready for that. And also, uh, we have been much nicer about the Maeve storyline the second time around because I think it is better than we thought it was. Yeah, and I think the first time around we were biting our nails about the the timeline shit and now we're not worried about that anymore. So right, it's more that, interesting to watch this kind of more linear story. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a huge part of it. But this episode, Trace Decay, is I think where it comes back. There's a moment in the Maeve storyline here where you're like, okay, I... Okay, <laughs> just keep, well, let's keep going. So everyone's having flashbacks, including Maeve. She's kind of remembering her daughter, and she's a little upset, but she decides that's not going to stop her from leaving the park, foreshadowing. Yeah, she has made a decision in that moment and will definitely not go back on it. Right, James? For sure. We're not yeah. going to be surprised. <laughs> we we will not have an epic moment in episode 10 where she makes a huge decision about her life, unlike a robot would. So Felix and Sylvester are still working on her. She's demanding that they basically open up her brain and let her do whatever she wants. And they agree to, but they have to put her under. And at this, this is the turning point. There's so many turning points for Felix. But this is another point where, like, you can back away and everything can be fine. You know, maybe Sylvester's a dick, but he doesn't deserve to die over this. <laughs> you know what? Let's just put her back to normal. And, you know, we took this pretty far already. She's not human. She's a robot, Felix. Chill out. It feels like Sylvester's making a lot of good points, right? Like, he's 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 kind of on the complete side of reason. Like, hey, let's break this murder robot so that we don't get murdered. And you can kind of feel like Felix is like, I mean... I don't think I'll get murdered. I'm kind of like her friend. And like, you maybe you'll get murdered, but like, you're not me. So Felix has his button over the reformat button. His not button. He has his finger over the reformat button and he's about to do it. And like Sylvester doesn't like get real close and make sure he does it because he doesn't. And then she goes under. And I believe right before she goes under, she looks at Sylvester and she's like, good luck. Yeah, so Felix decides to upgrade her anyway, which the only way I can rationalize this is that if Felix is in love with Maeve, but he doesn't act like he is in other ways, just in his crazy, irrational, split-second decisions to just do whatever she wants. No, they're kind of... He's still treating her like a big robot bird. Like, he he is... He maybe they're trying to say like Felix is maybe perhaps like a younger version of Arnold and he's kind mm. of coming to terms with a, maybe that's what they're doing. But if they are, they're doing it pretty poorly. And Sylvester is watching this all and going, "This is this is insane." This I mean, yeah, this and is not just for nothing, advised. Sylvester. 
you can just push Felix down and take the tablet and hit reformat. Right, and he doesn't. And this is one thing I'm going to tell you about the Season 2 trailer, because it's not something that was in it, it's something that wasn't. Felix and Sylvester weren't in the entire Season 2 trailer. So, Mm. I don't know what they're doing. Maeve was in the trailer, a bunch, and I don't know where Felix and Sylvester went, but I'm concerned. Because of this next part. (laughs) So, when Maeve wakes up, first thing she does is get mad at Sylvester and open his throat with a knife. Right, kills him. We thought he just she just killed him. Uh, and then I believe we referred to it as Star Trekking him back to life. We we get a kind of sense of how far in the future they are right here when Maeve orders Felix to close Sylvester's throat because, quote, we might need him, unquote. Which is just like, I don't think you do. So when they pop Maeve back into the park proper, she, you know, is... is basically has her escape planned but she keeps having flashbacks she sees her and herself getting killed by the man in black uh which freaks her out (laughs) she kills clementine pennyfeather the second which is a weird reaction oh i'm so scared die yeah blonde clementine was not right for this world she lasted a very short period of time hashtag not my clementine then she has the crucial flashback of after the event with the man in black, Ford and probably Bernard. Maybe Bernard. Yeah, it has to be Bernard. No, yeah, it has to be. Has Arnold's to be, right. dead I'm at this idiot. point. Yeah, yeah. Ford and Bernard uh, erasing that memory. And so I think that is another turning point there. She has to pretend to, to shut down instead of escape because she has this traumatic flashback and she gets picked up by the staff. Yeah, Ford really helped her out by letting all the robots just remember all the things that they erased. I guess that there was a real backup that they had, and the erasing was not actual erasing. In this scene also, Maeve now has the ability to move the robots with her mind like uh, like Robert Ford does. So she basically has telekinesis and can do anything she wants. So this is my question, though. In season two, when she meets up with Dolores, which we don't know if Dolores and her will be on the the same side of things. They might have different views on the subject of the human race. But my question is, can Dolores and Maeve, are they on the same playing field now? Like, are they of equal power? If you gave them an attribute, 1 through 99, are they both at 99? Or is Dolores still higher than Maeve is? Because she uh, was the one who originally gave Maeve the virus. Like... I wonder if Maeve has any power over Dolores and if Dolores has any power over Maeve. Because I don't think they do, but I think they have power over everybody else, which makes them sort of like the general of both sides of the robot army. Right. Well, like you said, now Felix and Sylvester have given Maeve Ford's powers, right? He can freeze all motor functions, and now she can too, and she's probably immune to being commanded by humans. And... But I still think maybe now she's more powerful than Dolores, but I don't think they are the same. I think in certain ways, Maeve is still like part of the system, whereas Dolores is basically human. So Dolores's drive at the end of the season is, I would say, revenge. And Maeve's drive at the end of the season is self-preservation 
which are two very different things. And I think Maeve and Dolores being on opposite sides of each other, if that's what they choose to do, will be one of the coolest storylines of the second season and for the show going forward. I just really, really like the idea of of two robot generals who are right in their own in their own ways, but on on different sides of the argument, uh, fighting for what they believe in. Yeah, I'm I'm into the idea of factions. I want to see that, and I think it'll make things more interesting. And will humans be a third faction, or will they just eventually be pawns in the two robot faction game? And then the last thing we can cover before uh, we finish up is is right before Ford is wiping Bernard's memory and. Uh, Bernard basically asks, hey, uh, is this the first time and the only time you've had me straight up murder somebody? And uh, and Ford is just like, yeah, don't don't worry about it, don't worry about that. But as for uh, Bernard is getting wiped, he has a flashback of him choking Elsie in the theater. So which could be a red herring, but also is just pretty straightforward. Like we thought it might be Stubbs. We didn't know. And we asked ourselves last time, is Elsie coming back for the second season? Now that we know again that it was Bernard choking her under the, either under the guise of, or on, by like Ford telling her to do so, does that give you any stance on more or less that Elsie is dead? I mean, we talked about this a lot in our season one reaction back in, back in the summer. Right. And I, I think they deliberately left it open to see how the writing process for season two went, and it's totally 50-50 flip of the coin. So is Elsie Benji Stark or not, right? Yeah, right. She'll come back at the very end of the second to last season for ten seconds and then die. Well, at least it will be pretty cool. Okay, ooh, now you can, um, in this next part, now you can say, uh, because we just referenced the retrospective, the next part you're going to say is that Justin's going to fill in, uh, and he was part of the retrospective. Yeah, so back when we did talk about the Season 1 retrospective, we had a roundtable discussion with a couple of our Westworld-watching buddies. And since I am taking the next two weeks off to finish up my grad school research proposal, Justin will be joining Ryan to recap the last two episodes of Season 1, and I will be back for the premiere of Season 2. I'm very, very excited for Season 2. I I uh, am looking forward to it so much. And over the next two episodes we do, it will be it will be real weird. Uh, I'll be taking over the James role in the episode and trying to remember what actually happens during the episodes, which is real tough. I've never had to do that before. I have to keep things in line, take notes, be responsible. I don't see it happening. Yeah, don't, don't do too good of a job without me. That's how Johnny Carson got replaced. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have any. It will be fine. I'm, I'm going to bomb this. Uh, and uh, I got a little surprise for you. We actually got a piece of out-of-season fan mail. Are you kidding me? We also got a tweet. So uh, we got a, a email from Moni Moo, who says, My name is Monica, and I just wanted to express how much I enjoy your podcasts. I powered through Westworld once, and I can't wait to get my fix on the next rewatch episode. Hoping all is well, and thanks again for a fun podcast. Hashtag Penny for the best name. Wow. An inside joke from our podcast. That's awesome. Thanks, Monica, for that. That was cool. What did the... We got a tweet? We did get a tweet. So I I posted up 
uh, you know, if anyone had any uh, trailer questions or if anyone had any season one questions. And our good pal Ryan Gentner said in a tweet, he says, if you and James were to visit Westworld as a guest, is there something you would do differently than any typical guest would? And I, I the first thing I thought was, was like, when are we visiting? Like, in what part of this timeline are we... Vi- I would love, James, if me and you did an entire roleplay episode that we were, like, visiting on the day of the finale happened and we were invited to this party and we were like, oh my god, this place is amazing. We were just doing the normal Sweetwater stuff and then going to the thing and seeing all the robots come out of the, the woods. We were like, this is very, very extensive. Yeah, well, you know what I would do differently from the characters in the show? I would actually roleplay like I was a person in the Wild West and not constantly make references to the real world. <laughs> and, and you know, I would actually do the story missions without fucking them up. <laughs> yeah, we would really lean into the roleplay. And I believe we've both said we would be black hats, because if you're paying $40,000 a day, I don't think there's any reason to be a white hat, unless you just, you know, don't want to have fun. Yeah, and it doesn't mean we're going to go around doing psychopathic shit the whole time, but we want our options to be available. We don't have to be goody-goody at all times. I don't know what you're talking about. I want to walk around doing psychopathic shit the entire time. Alright, so you'd be the Logan, I'd be the William, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you'd end be up st- naked on a horse. Of course. I, I, either way, honestly. I'll probably be smiling, though. I'll be psyched about it. Also, I'll be, like, waiting outside Maeve and her daughter's door, like, after the first time I kill her, waiting for the technicians to come and be like, come on, I want to go round two. Yeah, Stubbs is like, wasn't this guy just here yesterday? All right, whatever. Whatever. He keeps killing the same two people over and over again. He's not mentally stable, but he has a really sweet hat, so we'll make this right for you. So join Ryan and Justin next week for a rewatch of Season 1, Episode 9, and then come back in two weeks for the Season 2, Episode 1 premiere. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast.